0: What what is never going to go away? It's never going to go away. Is the need to sit down and commune with someone over food.
1: Saturday Omaha, eat this. Hello and welcome to Saturday Omaha. We are bringing you another food, recognized food episode, where we sit down and talk with chefs and restaurant industry people that contribute to the wonderful food that we eat and ask them about what they like to eat. However, this time's a little bit different. This is a talk with Kevin Shin, Chef Kevin Shin, of Bread and Cup, which was a restaurant in Lincoln, Nebraska. And he has since published a book called Bread and Cup, Beyond Simple Food and Drink. And I had read his book, and after reading it and also listening to an interview with Kevin Shin on the Open Table podcast as well as the Restaurant Hoppin podcast, I really wanted to talk to Kevin. Um, this book is an excellent read, and it's about a lot more than just food, and it was such an enjoyable read. I read through it very, very quickly, and I wanted to talk to Kevin. So uh, let's get into this thing. Here is our interview with Chef Kevin Shin,
0: what what is never going to go away? It's never going to go away. Is the need to sit down and commune with someone over food?
1: Agreed. That's never going away. Agreed. You
0: know, sure you can get your to- takeout and carryout and DoorDash, but nothing will replace sitting down and having a meal. You. In person, face-to-face.
1: You you hit on something. So the, the Saturday Omaha crew, so it's usually myself um, and uh, my my two fellow podcasters, Sam and TJ. But how this whole thing started for us was we would get together on Saturday, catch up on the week, and try to find a place that was above average. You know, not, not mm-hmm. elite, but we're not—and and nothing against Subway or Pizza Hut. But we're not going to Subway mm-hmm. or Pizza Hut. You know, we're, yeah. we're going to find— yeah uh you know family burger joint or mm-hmm. you know um just a, a nice place to be because we we wanted conversation a, yes. a a place to enjoy food together and and you're right and there's something so special about that and uh it's 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 a gift to to have that experience and yeah. and, and we even with with the podcast so you know this is this series is is called food recognized food where we're talking to you know Mm -hmm. industry professionals hospitality professionals chefs restaurant workers um but the the main podcast where uh we we would talk about the food we ate at a restaurant we actually halted at episode 49 we we stopped um and we've been doing some kind of smaller things we've been doing this series but we're waiting episode 50 is we're all together all one yeah. place and eating yeah. food again because it is special right. and it's just a different yeah. dynamic, you know. Yeah. So, I, and I,
0: I, think that is why the portico exploded because so many people were clamoring to get out. Yeah. And they found found out about me and they said, "Hey, can can I get in on that?" And oh, we haven't been out in, in months, and and this is the first time we've sat down to a meal like this. So, you know, it, it really did uh, scratch an itch you know, that people had.
1: That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you, you sort of in a roundabout way, uh, answered one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, cause I was going to ask you, you know, what's going on with this restaurant effort and you yeah. kind of nailed it. So you're, yeah. you're doing the pre, uh, backbreaking work of getting everything up to code and, yeah. and literally opening your home to others. And that, that's gotta, I, I gotta imagine just, you know, having read your, your book, Bread and Cup, and, uh, I got through it in two nights. Um I had listened to your uh, uh interview with uh, Brian O'Malley on uh, Open Kitchen and I had listened to the Restaurant Hoppin podcast with Dan Hoppen and I, I really enjoyed both of those and and you were talking about the the book and uh, Dan and I were talking and he's like, "You know, hey, I'll loan you that book." I'm like, "I would love to read it." And I ripped through that thing. And uh we'll we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the book here in a minute, but Right. Such such an enjoyable read, um, and knowing your philosophy and and ethos, if you will, I would assume yeah. opening your home like this and then providing the food you want in an mm-hmm. environment you want right. has to really speak to your soul. I mean, oh
0: man, yeah, it's the best of every world. That's that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, it feels like I'm a chef again. Yeah, but I. And I'm cooking for people, but not only that, I am their server. Yeah. I, I I cook, I serve, I bust their table, and I interact with them. And I have one table all night. Yeah. I don't have forty to, that I have to flip and turn and and staff to manage them. I have one table all night, and so the stress level is is minimal. Yeah. And it's, so it's just all the upside of, of everything I love about the restaurant, but it's,
1: it's just one table. That's, that's awesome. It's, it, it's, they're really your adopted family for the night, you know, mm-hmm. open the door and yeah. welcome them in. The
0: average guest stays about four
1: and a half hours. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. half a day's work right there. That's just true. Serving. That's, that's true. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's just, it's so cool. I, I can't wait to see what you're, I mean, that's a whole different environment. And I, I mean, yeah. I haven't heard of anything certainly around this area. That's anything similar to that, you know, so
0: I'm, I'm actually leaving tomorrow to drive down to Oklahoma to um, bring back a table that was hand built for me. Oh, wow. Um, And I grew up in Oklahoma. And so the wood was uh, raised and milled and, and uh, harvested in or harvested and milled in Oklahoma. Oh wow! At, at, from from a about twenty miles from my hometown, so even the table have
1: significant deep roots to my story. Oh, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. I uh, that's that's cool. And your your father Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I'm sure that you know, growing up on the farm, obviously, definitely a lot of uh, uh, impact on your life there, and yeah. and to to bring a piece of that here. Yes. Um, a physical, yes. a physical piece there is, is yeah. very cool.
0: And so, my nephew is building the table. Oh, so that's, that's even, you know, even more significant to have family be a part of it.
1: That's awesome. Now, is there still a, uh, dirt path wound around a front <laughs> no. yard sitting at a farm no.
0: in the middle of Oklahoma? That dirt path long gone. <laughs> I've told that story hundreds of times though.
1: I, I, uh. People so, love that story. Oh, it's, I, I'll, I'll tell you, there's, there's a a number of things in this book that it, it lifts you up, it tugs at your heartstrings. Um, I've, you know, I've got a couple of kids. Uh, you, you could tell by the, the art mm. that my daughter has behind me here. Um, but uh, there, there's a quote in there from your dad that, uh, you know, about that path in the front yard. And, and your dad's quote was, you know, it was like, well, why, why are you letting him wear this path in the front yard? And, and your dad said, well, the grass will come back, but the boy won't. And yeah. That just especially in my son is uh growing fast, and, and I know you've got kids too, and, and how fast that time goes. And yeah. uh, he's uh, he's actually taller than me now, and uh, wow. significantly younger than me, he's grown like a weed. And so, that quote just oh my goodness! And with, with everything, you know, with uh, COVID and all these other things, a lot of the usual stuff we would have done mm-hmm. over the last year has just been on hold, and that time. Mm-hmm is so fleeting. Um, So, oh man, that's, that's, that's cool. That is so cool. Well, I, I want to transition a little bit uh, um, into team building. And so by day um, I, I manage a group of people and uh, I love to grow teams and Mm -hmm. I really like to help them achieve their goals and I get great satisfaction when they achieve those goals, I love to watch them flourish. You know, my job is to get blockages out of their way and to help mm-hmm. them succeed yeah. and to yeah. help motivate them. Um, and I thought it was interesting that you had mentioned that uh, in, in the book that you had done Strengths Finder um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, that futuristic was one of your top strengths. Mm-hmm and yeah. you, you definitely uh you know are looking ahead right now you're you're doing right, this with the right. new restaurant you, yeah
0: that it's it's in play right now
1: yeah i uh yeah. so i i've also done strengths finder um some of my my top 10 so um ideation and mm-hmm. communication are some of mm-hmm. mine and so i wanted to be nosy and if you don't mind yeah. do, what are some of your other maybe top 5 or top 10 that that really kind of speak um, to you and help move you along
0: Maximizer was a a top one. Um, how that plays out in me. I like to take something ordinary and make it better. Uh Um, you know, I, um, I I like to improve things and consequently, I think I lead that way. I ask other people to do the same thing, just improve it, just make it better. So if you can make a dish better, great. You know, I'm not, I'm not intimidated by that. I, um, I'm for improvement and that's, I, I think that's how the maximizer in me comes out. Um, input is one I'm self-taught at everything. Yeah. Uh, so people ask me where did I go to culinary school? And I said, watching Iron Chef and, and Alton Brown mainly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But, but I just
0: love, you know, I love input. I love learning and reading and, um, you know, that, that's really a lot of how I, uh, uh, taught myself. I, I yeah. read almost everything Michael Ruhlman wrote. Um, he's about my age, and and he, you know, wrote about culinary experience. And he was not a chef, that, but he was writing about food and, and yeah. the lives of chefs. And and I just learned uh, that. But that was how the input uh, strength That's... Uh, played itself out.
1: Uh, well, and yeah, and I know you you had mentioned uh, Danny Meyer's book uh, oh, yeah. in there, you yeah. know, and that that I think sounds like that's a, a must read. I I have it. I have not finished it yet, but uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, definitely some good input there. And in your book, yeah. you you're kind enough to recommend some other books to people to read mm-hmm. to read as well. So that's that's really cool. Um, yeah, that
0: and books are books are so important to me, and that's why I share them. That's why they're there. <laughs> that they can be easily passed around.
1: Definitely definitely well in 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 your book you're you mentioned the mission statement of of mm-hmm. bread and cup to create mm-hmm. an outstanding environment for conversation and reflection yep. through simple service memorable food and drink mm-hmm. and so i was kind of curious from a from a leadership perspective from a chef perspective how do you make sure that your you and your mm-hmm. team are living that mission statement that it's not just I, I think sometimes mission statements, you, you write them down somewhere, and then mm-hmm. eh, it goes over here. Like, how do you make right. sure you're, you're mm-hmm. actually doing that? Yeah.
0: Well, for, for me, um, I think I wrote it also, uh, I wanted to create a, a workplace that people enjoyed coming to. Yeah. I needed a place that I wanted to come to. And if I didn't like working at my own restaurant, I cannot expect you to enjoy it. It has to come back to the leader: of Do I really bleed this mission statement? Do I live it? Do I embody it? And um, that's how it came about. Because I was not a trained chef, uh, food was always secondary in my kind of uh, in in my mind. Mm-hmm. Connecting people that I loved building that kind of environment. And so the, the mission statement just simply came out of that, that my own personal experience. And so if, if the leadership isn't, isn't um, all in, then, and, in and, and your people are going to see that. Sure. And they're going to, they're going to see that you're faking it or you, you don't really believe it. And so it's whatever that mission statement is, it's got to be embodied into the life of the leader yeah, and, Um, I I just think that's what it was for me. This was me, you know, this restaurant was uh, my heart and soul. And I think my team could see that and then they could join in on that. Yeah. Because they, they saw that I was, you know, I, I, I was there at 5.00 AM baking bread on certain days. And I was there at 11 o'clock at night closing uh, at times. And I was out, interacting and engaging with guests uh every every service yeah and so that that's how i embodied the statement and and it just made it so much easier for the team to join in
1: i i like that and the uh i i had a coworker once that uh, he worked for kind of a smaller company and the uh the owner you know would come in and get coffee during the day and and he He would make coffee when it ran out and and whatever. And uh, when he took the last cup, you know, he'd get the last cup out of the coffee machine and uh, would make the next pot because that's Mm. what you do. And Mm. so he comes in one time and, and there's no coffee in the pot even to pour. And here's the owner of the company. And he's like, I want to meet the guy that thinks he's so important that he doesn't have to. Start the coffee for the next person, you know. Right. <laughs> so sit there. brilliant. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, and al- yeah. also kind of in in regards to your staff, you you advise to listen to them, and in so in lean manufacturing, there's there's a crucial mm-hmm. element in improving process, and that's to listen to the people that mm-hmm. are closest to the work. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's also a business book I enjoy uh, called The Five Levels of Leadership by John Maxwell. And one of the levels of leadership is connecting with your people on a personal level. Um, the The lowest level of leadership is, "I'm your boss because it says that next to my title, right? Mm-hmm. To actually yeah. make that connection with people and to um, demonstrate that that you're you know putting in your uh, that you can produce as, as well are kind of yeah. important there. Um, how do you how did you go about? listening to your people and are there any times that um that that really made an impact maybe a a suggestion or maybe it was even um you know somebody was having a situation that you helped them through maybe you know through the restaurant but um you know in their personal lives or something was there was there any any time where that listening uh really helped things and and how did you go about taking time to yeah. listen cuz you guys are busy all the time Yeah, Danny
0: and Danny Meyer used a a term in his book called gracious assumption. And I employed that as soon as I understood that that term and what gracious assumption is, is when someone's late, someone broke a dish, someone burnt something. uh, Someone's upset, you always assume the best. So for example, I, I had an employee that was late one time. So, um, this employee kind of has had a habit of being late. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, he came in and, um, I said, is, and, and this is one of the things I I always just learned is everything. Okay. Sure. That's the very first thing I would ask. And If someone was late, is everything okay? Because this employee said, no, I, I, uh, I saw an accident and I had to stop. Oh, wow. And it was ugly and awful. And I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of shaking. Yeah. So, you know, had I just lit into that person and say, what the hell are you doing? And why are you late again? And, you know, I would have just, you know, destroyed something there in that, in that moment. And, uh, um, yeah, but gracious assumption is really, really a, an important thing in listening to your staff um, because there are there are the people that really, really want to be there, and then there are the people that you know they um, you know they're they're struggling with this and that and the other, and um, and sometimes you need to let those those people go because. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not in a place that's building the rest of the team up sure and by letting someone go like that the other team can breathe a sigh of relief that says the boss boss knows what we need Mm -hmm. and boss knows that this person is dragging their feet and so even in that difficult decision of letting someone go it can it can ultimately turn around in uh in the benefit, because your staff realizes you take things seriously, sure, you take performance seriously, you take attitude seriously, and they can trust again, it's a, it's that building of trust that your team wants to see.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense that you're yeah, that you're fully invested just as much as you hope yeah. that that they are. Right. Um, when you were talking to to Chef Brian O'Malley um, on uh, open Kitchen, that was um, a
0: fun conversation. By it, the way.
1: It, you know, I I think that was the the second uh, podcast I listened to his, and I I was just I, I mean this this no BS here honestly. I I to that thing and I'm just like completely invested in listening to you two and I just like wow there's <laughs> what a great that conversation a
0: we were so engaged and yeah you know off each other's emotion and strength
1: completely completely I and so in in that conversation um it was said I, I think it was you saying nobody cares like me and it won't get done if I don't mm-hmm. do it and that's not good leadership. Right. So my question yep. to you, because I've yep. seen I've seen this in in you know the workplace is you get somebody that's highly skilled and they that's the the mentality they they maintain and the problem is then the team never gets a chance to step up and right. and flourish. So kind of a two parter two parter here. How do you get yourself out of that mindset and? Mm-hmm. What caused you or how do you get yourself to trust your people yeah. to pull but, you out of yeah. that mindset?
0: Someone asked me that recently, and I don't know. You're, we talk about strength finder. There's another personality assessment. Well, it's not really – it's more, less of personality, more of a motivation and fear, uh, understanding, and it's called the Enneagram. I've just discovered that this, in the past eight months and that has really helped me not only understand myself, but my late wife who passed away over a year ago. Yeah. It helped me understand the things that we, we struggled with and dealt with and argued about and never could come to any kind of conclusion or resolution. And, and that tool helped me understand, oh, that's what's going on in, in my type. I want to trust you. That, that, that comes naturally to my type. Yeah. And that's foreign to other people because they, you know, trusting is, is, um, they're, they're,
1: you have to be vulnerable too, to, to give them that trust.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But my, my personality type, that's how I get to know you. That's how I connect with you is I want to trust you and that's, that will get me in trouble. (laughs) Um, it will also help me, I think, build a, build a good team because if I can move out of that strength is, you know, I want to be able to trust you to, to cook well, and I want to be able to trust you so I can leave, leave an hour, uh, hour before we close and know that you're going to, you're going to finish the plates well, and you're going to clean up well. And and you feel like, and I feel like you are growing and learning. That's, that is, that's already a bent in me. Yeah. And that's, that's not really necessarily common in, in the kitchen, especially with egos. Yeah, sure. But, uh, but I would, you know, I would much rather build a kitchen around trust to me of what it, it's it's going to, uh, uh, what it's going to lead to. Yeah. And uh, it, so I, I think I, that because I came by that naturally and I did not have, I did not have experience and I did not work for an egotist chef that, you know, everything was his way or the highway. And, and um, you know, so I, I didn't, develop those, those habits and those patterns. And I was able to come in and create a team and a kitchen environment that I thought this, this is the way I want to do it. And
1: yeah. Uh, so, so speaking of you, you had mentioned uh, motivation a little bit ago. Um, there are there a couple, couple quotes in there that I, I really kind of pulled out that were, I mean, there's a ton of them, but um, one of them uh, regarding the book, a couple couple notes. You weren't sure if your story was a story worth telling. Right. You mentioned right. that, mm-hmm. and and you also said that that you hope that your voice that that if others hear that that will help them find their own sure. voice. Mm-hmm. Right. So that the first part of that is I. I want to answer that question for you. Uh, your story is definitely worth telling, um, <laughs> hence why I, I, I. After finishing them, like I, I want to get a hold of Kevin and and, and talk to him about that. So, um, and there's kind of a third element in there from a motivational standpoint was the you'd rather say that you glad you did than you wish you had. So I guess expand on that your your motivation. I mean, obviously that you know, you, you mentioned creating, um, as kind a, of a driving force. So what, what continues to motivate you to move forward and keep doing stuff and, and helps you center yourself, I guess, and, and, and um, push forward.
0: Again, I, I think it's understanding my personality type, you know, um, the, the type that I identify with, um, we are artists, we are um, individualists, mm-hmm. we are creative. And I am now in a place in my mid 50s, to where I I'm completely free now to explore that. Because uh, my wife passed. Uh, you know, my businesses uh, have uh, come to an end, and now I I am like a college kid that just graduated, and he's got a really expensive degree, but the difference is I've got a ton of life experience now. Yeah, and I can move forward and and start creating again uh, with this new experience, and I'm not green and and. Raw, uh, you know, fresh out of college, that is invigorating to me yeah. as a creative type person, and and I can. Um, it, so back to that that saying, that quote, I, I I'm saying that again now. I want to be able to say, I'm glad I did the portico. Yeah, it lasted a year,
1: but you did it.
0: But I did it, and I'm glad I did it. Instead of you know, back in that COVID season, I sure wish I had. Yeah, I never want to ever to say that. That's I I don't know I don't know where that comes from. I look back on 2020, and I have a very different experience than a lot of people did. I like I came alive in that, you know, 38 nights of of guests. Wow, in my life. it's just so memorable and uh, i i had a I had a uh wedding engagement in my backyard yeah uh, 40th birthday parties uh anniversaries
1: so, so at the I, I mean just averaging that out real quick i mean getting towards towards once a week at least so you yeah. know that's wow wow that's awesome you know the, the with with this new restaurant concept um you you sort of answered my a question that I had written down here, but I'll, but I'll ask you in regards to bread and cup and, and et cetera. Um, you know, in, in regards to, to your perspective and values, um, you know, you had mentioned actually earlier when we were talking just now about, you know, creating a place that you love working
0: mm-hmm. place
1: where serving and, and eating food is, you know, you want to do that. You want to bring your friends there, you know, yeah. is, is what you were looking for Yeah. at, at bread and cup. And, and maybe going forward here, how did you keep that, that perspective fresh for 10 years of making sure that it was continually a place that people wanted to come to? I, I think you're you're definitely distilling that into a concentrated essence here with Portico. But uh, yeah, I, I just if you'd elaborate on that a little bit.
0: Well, one one way was um, implementing different nights. So we were a little tiny little restaurant. We we had just a really really small kitchen. and We had I think thirty two seats inside, and we had forty eight seats
1: outside. Oh wow!
0: Yeah, so we doubled our our seating capacity in the in the warm weather months. Yeah, those were killer nights when both inside and out was yeah. was uh, was booked. Um, but adding, so what we did was, um, uh, realize that we had such a small kitchen that we had to be very, very focused on on what we did. And and so we, uh, implemented, I think it was pasta, the first kind of specialty menu on Friday night, because we couldn't you know, we couldn't do pasta every night of the week, but we could sure do it well on Friday. And that would be our full on focus. And so we would come up with four to five fresh pasta dishes. And every cook had a, had a part in that. Yeah. You know, so one cook rolled the rolled all the pasta and cut the uh, fettuccine and, uh, and we made a, we made one or two pans of lasagna that would sell out every Friday night. And, and then we would one one cook would do the gnocchi and then one cook would do the um tortellini and so getting getting staff involved in in different parts of that night was um was energizing because then yeah. now they they had a they had a stake in the in the in the night uh, early on i realized that the that the uh Resource of the farmers' market was that was three blocks away was untapped, and so uh, I went over there one Saturday morning, and realized you know there's all this I should be using. Yeah. So I, I bought a bunch of stuff and then realized I'm I'm going to have to get a wagon or a cart. The green say, wagon, oh. yeah. Wagon the next week and just would walk through and fill it and. And then one of my cooks would go with me, and then we we would uh, uh, we would kind of talk as we went along, and we would discuss, oh, should we get this? Let's get these. We can do this with that. So we're building a menu as we're walking through the through the market, and also we're attracting attention because we've got this green wagon full of <laughs> colorful. Beets and carrots, and and people would often stop and ask, "Can I take a picture of that? Can I take a picture of you?" And then, of course, where do you cook? We're three blocks over here. Come see us for dinner. We're open at five thirty, and it's so it was it was a, a win 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 all over the all over the board because we we utilized fresh produce and and our my staff was energized because it was dynamic. We would go. At eight o'clock when it opened, fill the wagon, come back around uh, nine o'clock. We'd sit down with legal pads. We and within thirty minutes, we'd hammer out a menu. That's awesome. And we would go. I'd go take a nap <laughs> because uh, uh, the the restaurant was was just full of, uh, for brunch. Yeah. So there was no room to do any work, and and so then my cooks and I we would show up at about 1.30 and hit it for about three four hours and get that menu knocked out so that 5 30 we're ready to serve and uh, so that's that's kind of one of the ways we did we we kept things fresh we, we added a pizza night on thursday nights that was the only time we did pizza you know typically restaurants you know here's your menu and it's this wide and right you know no ours was you know the
1: like here's right. what we are serving at my house today. It's, it's what we're yeah. serving and, and people would come in and
0: say burger? I'm, no, this is pizza night. And some people would walk out and some people lots of people, oh, we came just for this. We drove from Grand Island <laughs> just for pizza night. Oh,
1: well, that's awesome. Uh, well, that yeah,
0: that's one of the ways that we we try to keep it fresh.
1: Well, well speaking of keeping it fresh and and you know you mentioned learning and growing. So mm-hmm. you you talked a little bit about uh, you know, the uh the different kind of not personality, but the kind of evaluation that you've learned about in the last eight months mm-hmm. or so. But what are some of the other things that you're learning now? I mean, obviously, this whole new restaurant concept you're yeah. you're not only learning, you're like writing the book on it, so to speak. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, and again, I don't. I just I don't know if it's just personality type, or if it is. I'm I'm just in a place of freedom to explore now again. And again, guys my age are typically thinking about retiring. And you know, what am I going to do in the next seven, eight years to, you know, I, and I'm thinking, no, I got gas in the tank. Let's go. Let's do something new. Yeah. And, and I, I, again, I don't know if that's just personality driven or or what, but, but that's what I'm, the, your question is, what am I learning? I'm learning about myself. Yeah. And learning what motivates me and what, what thrills me and and, um, you know, I, uh, you know, like one of the, one of the things I noticed about myself was, uh, my, my energy level started to decrease and, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, that happens in your fifties. And I don't, I don't, I'm not going to settle for that. Nice. And so, you know that when when my wife passed, and, and um, I realized I don't have another person to take care of, because I was her full time caregiver in that last year of hospice. Yeah. And um, people, you know, someone commented, "Man, you're looking good. You're looking different." I like, "Well, when you don't have, you don't have to take care of two people, you can take care of one." Yeah. And and so I I started kind of looking into what am I eating what are my, you know, my sleep habits and, and, uh, and, and learning. What can I be doing now? At my, my, my stage in life to, to boost my energy uh, decrease my weight. And, and so even that I'm, I'm just, I'm learning about the foods that I eat that, you know, years ago, I could eat anything I wanted to, but just learning now how to, how to eat differently yeah. for my, my age and, my energy levels now coming back up and, and awesome. Uh, so that's, yeah, I'm learning about myself.
1: If I had to guess, I, I think that you've seems like you've done a good job of that throughout your life. You're you're able to observe yourself, I guess it, it it seems to me because you're, you're, you're taking the time. You have the presence of mind that you're analyzing what you want to do and the things that right. you can do. And, and that's really cool. Um, you know, you, you mentioned a couple uh, of, a t- couple of times, yeah. you know, support from your, your sister. Um, yeah. it seems like she's uh, been a very important, uh, very force, important. um, in very your very life. Good. And, yeah. uh, and well, so people
0: ask me, you know, uh, how did you open a restaurant in your forties? Like I did. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I wanted to, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's just, just like knowing myself well enough and, and like how I was raised and what my dad instilled in me and my creative ability and my abil- my drive to learn and to figure things out. It just didn't seem like it was going to the moon. Yeah. So knowing that about myself, I think was, yeah, it was really crucial in starting the restaurant because, you know, uh, my, my dad, my dad instilled that into me. Uh, He never hired a plumber, never hired an electrician. We roofed our own house, we cleaned our own septic tank out, and (laughs) and I I I remember that just that's you know you just fix everything. Yeah. And so when I got married and we bought this house and we weren't in it six months and the water heater went out. And I thought, when am I going to find time to fix that? Uh huh. And I'm just. puzzle and you know me and my wife said you just call a plumber i thought what do you mean
1: that's what people do it's, o- it's okay to reach out for help sometimes it's that's okay good. to reach out that's for a plumber that's good well uh if 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 you're if you'll permit me i i did want to ask you a little bit about karen um, yep. if, if that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. my, uh, my, my mom, um, passed away, uh, several years ago of cancer. And so mm. I'm very familiar with, uh, what? What type? uh, brain cancer actually. Wow. Um, wow. and, uh, so I, and I've, I, I know a lot of people have had, uh, uh close friends, relatives, people they know I- impacted, um, when you were talking to to Dan on the restaurant hopping uh, podcast, when when it kind of came to that part of the discussion, that really just a little bit of a a gut punch. I'll I'll say It's just like, mm-hmm. man, I I felt it. You know, um, you, you had mentioned in that interview that you uh, the the chapter entitled "Cancer" in the book was mm-hmm. huge.
0: It was like fifteen thousand
1: words, like, right? And. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm so glad that there were pictures of, of Karen, your wife, in the book, yeah. and you could see at, at least from those pictures. I I believe that that she had a lot of spark and 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 oh, yeah. happiness, yeah. and I, I guess I just wanted to I just wanted to ask you or, or or give you the floor a little bit to to maybe add any of those pieces, maybe just to tell me a little a little bit more ab- about her. Obviously, a fighter no question through several rounds of, of, uh, cancer coming back. And I know how brutal the treatment can be. Mm -hmm. Um, anything you want to just put out there, any, any details that maybe got cut from the the book?
0: We were, we were, we were definitely a team, um, front and back. You know, she was, she was the out front at the register, um, uh, talk to anybody. Um, create these special request orders that would drive us crazy. You can't, <laughs> we can't do that. You don't know what you just told them. We could do. <laughs> Got to do what? That's not even thought out. Uh, so she, you know, she just kind of had her own own way and own own charm, and you know, I mean, there were. There were at least 600 people at her funeral. Oh, my gosh. Just, yeah. just And probably most of them were restaurant-related people that she had touched. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the restaurant business, well, going into business with your spouse is very difficult. And it will challenge the marriage. And it did ours. Um, and um, just because the the stress of it and uh there's no, there's no place to hide because you come home and, and your, your your work partner's at home. Yes. And you go to work and your your wife your your housemate is at, at work. And so there's there ends up not being a lot of separation. And that has to be managed. That's that's gotta be that's gotta be worked out and talked through and and counseling and yeah therapy and all that is, is fair game. Yeah, But for us, cancer was an odd, odd reprieve. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. It was strange uh, in the way it kind of took the focus off of the stress of the business and it put it on a common enemy, which was cancer. Oh, sure. And, and so our staff came around us. You know, and anytime there was a surgery or uh, or a or a treatment or a doctor's appointment, my my staff just stepped up. Chef, you you
1: I'll I'll we'll cover that's a team. That's beautiful. Yeah. And so that's what I
0: mean by it was a strange reprieve because now people people were for us as a as a couple. Yeah. Not just as a you know, a restaurant owner, but but as, as people, uh, and to the point where, uh, when when the, her cancer recurred the second time in 2012, some folks from that knew us from the restaurant pulled it together. They pulled Clayton Chapman down from Omaha and and did a, a fundraiser for us to help pay for um, some awesome. of the, uh, the medical bills because we had a lot of out-of-pocket costs. Oh we yeah, I had, had probably twenty over twenty thousand in. And that fundraiser raised enough for me to I, to, to pay all that off amazing because, remember we did have insurance but but it, you know it's just all the other other side expenses that you don't really think about that add up and yeah and that just wiped it out Wow and you... having that in place was really uh, a blessing and, yeah. and so unusual and fortunate
1: how how awesome is at the beginning of our talk? You had mentioned how getting together over food is something mm-hmm. that can't be replaced. Yeah. And I mean, wow! If you if you want to see a demonstration of how you obviously yeah. connected yeah. with people, yeah. there it was on display. Yeah. I mean, that's my mother. My mother-in-law asked, uh,
0: "Who are all these people?" <laughs> and she said, "Are these your church friends?" I said, no, these are our restaurant friends. <laughs> Your restaurant friends. I've never been to a restaurant where I would know them. <laughs> well, that's us, huh? that's oh, that's us. That's us.
1: Oh, that's that is awesome. That is awesome. Um, so, I, I, I guess to 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 bring things uh, uplift them a bit. Um, you you sign the book. The last thing you say in the book is "in hope," is the mm-hmm. end of the book. Right. And where I, I you know, obviously we we from? have the. The benefit now of of time since the book was completed and what you're yeah. doing now, um, yeah. but where's that hope taking you right now?
0: I'll tell you where that 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 salutation came from. Please, um, I was a letter writer at, in college. Uh, this was you know pre-internet and yeah. And I, I kept a stack of, my mom was a mail carrier, so she always gave me stamps and, and I kept you know, stationery and, and I would write letters to people all the time. And there's a huge box of letters that Karen and I wrote back and forth to each other for the two years we were apart yeah. in California and Oklahoma. Um, and that's just a treasure. You know, my kid, I just told my kids, this is for you. Someday you'll, you'll tear into this. And, you'll find more about your mom, dad, uh, but I would off, you know, I, I being a creative person, I always kind of got to figure out how to make a mark, but, you know, people would say in Christ or in, lo- in love or sincerely or uh, in hope.
1: Oh, That's what I with. nice. So, so and I wrote,
0: and so I wrote that on my letters Thirty-five years ago, when letters were a thing, and and yeah. that's that's how I just signed signed my name, in hope, Kevin. I love and it because I you know I just that that was part of my DNA. It was, you know, I, I just want to always be a hopeful person, and and I I, you know, want to be the type of person that when you see me, you don't want to turn and run. You see me and think, oh, there's Kevin. <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm glad to see him, you know. And that's the hope, you know. I just want to, and and that's what changed my opinion about the book was I was thinking it was a story about a restaurant that failed, and then it did.
1: It, it's okay, so much no, more.
0: It, no, it's it's a story of hope because it was the, it was what gave me hope.
1: Well, and how how interesting that that you have a restaurant that that clearly connected with so many. And and now in a totally different medium, the book, you're you're connecting with people again yeah. in a in a yeah. different way, uh, and it, yeah, reading through it and and being you know that the the book is it's food centered, but that is not its primary storyline. But I think that book is is useful for anyone you know, business teams, self reflection. There, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of courses to that meal if I may create a strange pun or, or something hey, yeah, analogy that, there. Was,
0: that, <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you point that out because that was very intentional and my editor told me as, as she, she said as you go back through and, and, and compile and pull things out be careful not to overthink it she said especially your chapter on cancer because that was raw and that was how you were feeling at the moment. Don't over-edit that.
1: Yeah. Well, and the, and the book's available on, on your website, 55degrees.us. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, a bookstore in Lincoln you can pick it up at yeah, also. Yeah, Branson and
0: Finch Bookshop. It's at um, uh, 13th and O, uh, just downtown Lincoln. And it's a cute little bookshop. Those are the only two places right now that I, I made it available because, one, you know, and Cup was always all about local, and so I just wanted – uh, 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 that bookshop to uh, kind of
1: share the share the share the love share there. Love there. Yeah. Well, and I I definitely want to talk local restaurants in a second because that definitely is an element of of our food recognized food. But I did want to ask you because there's another thing on that website. You can buy bread and cup starter off of the website, and in your book you have some recipes there. And uh, there's one for a nice, simple recipe for pasta that that I really want to uh, try out. And uh, but you don't include one for bread because you want to teach how to make bread. So I so I gotta ask: Do you have any bread making classes coming up in the work so people can buy that starter uh, and do something with it?
0: I um, I will
1: um,
0: when I get my when I get my kitchen. Um, in in a place for where it's inspected and proved and and i'll have adequate space to do that yeah i'll i'll do those i in the meantime i have some videos on youtube that are instructional um about baking bread and how to make a starter uh, but that was one of my favorite things about the restaurant was doing my bread class every winter i would do um Probably six weeks of classes on Sunday afternoon. And that was so fun because you got to see people, the the lights coming on, and like, oh, that's what it's supposed to feel like. And oh, and then, you know, then we actually put it in the oven and then we bring it out and pour wine and cheese and break
1: this hot bread open. (laughs) Magic. Yeah, intoxicating. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That's that's awesome. I, I like that. I think it's such a fun approach. And yet another opportunity for you to connect with people and really take some of your skills and and yeah. and pass them along, you know, just like a like a grandmother, I, uh, you know.
0: It probably it, gave away sixty-five of those starters in, in March and April.
1: Oh, uh, I bet. Really oh, I bet people up. were looking for them everywhere, huh? Yeah,
0: people yeah. were looking for flower, and and so I would just do. I did this little weekly youtube trade so i would set out you know eight or ten containers and, and people would either bring toilet paper or a bottle of wine nice you know and i only got two rolls of toilet paper and i got about 30 bottles of wine <laughs> so you can see what's the the precious come <laughs> on their toilet paper <laughs>
1: Man, if that just isn't the embodiment of <laughs> <laughs> summarizing some of that! Oh my goodness! Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was. Yeah, it was a good little swap. I got myself some wine for a few I, I suppose that at at a certain point, if you have enough wine, you may not care about the toilet paper until <laughs> so I, you know, I, you know, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll uh, make
0: do with something else.
1: <laughs> uh, one, one, one more question. Kinda, um, uh, there's, a, there's some tips in the book um, about finding a good restaurant in another city. And you mentioned talking to the owner. and yeah. I, I, Which I'm
0: planning to go to Fort Collins in April and I'm following uh, my own rules there.
1: I like it. I like it. I'm not, I'm not going to spoil all the rules cause people should read the book and, and pick up on them. But, but you do mention talking to the owner or the manager. And so it's yeah. uh, kind of a two part question. Part one is what questions, A, would you ask them and, and how? So in other words, it's like, you know, if I call up a restaurant and be like, I need to talk to chef, like what's going on at your restaurant, you know, how do you respectfully pull that information out
0: acknowledging why you want to go there you know what what's what's in what's endearing or enticing or what have you heard and and that kind of feedback is is really enjoyed by an owner like oh that's really cool you know um and um but just letting letting people know why you want to go there and, and it's, you know, maybe it's because of somebody told you about it or you heard about it or read about it or you saw it on a on a list. Uh, but what intrigued you? What what uh, like we, we had a couple uh, that would come up regularly from Kansas City and his his mother uh, lived here in town. And uh, so they would come up to see her. But a big part of it was at least two meals at bread and cup nice during the and uh so i got to know martin and his wife and and um uh yeah they just we just love coming here we tell people about it all the time because you come out and see us yeah and i you know I, i'm just doing my thing and and but they 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 people when you come out and see it, Chef came out and see it. He came out of the kitchen, talked to us. Yeah, I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm just trying to, you know, connect with people. But I did not realize how important that was to certain guests. I mean, some people don't care, but some guests they they really, 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 really like that
1: personal touch. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I think the the quote is something along the lines of one of the best ways to get a to a hug back is to hug first. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, well, and, you know, I guess there's, there's that personal connection thread again. If you, if you call that chef or that restaurant and and make that connection, they're probably more likely to, to give you some information as well. Yeah. And, and so I guess the, the converse of that too, you know, being, you know, people giving feedback or criticism as, as a chef, as an owner, as someone that's taking so much pride in, in their work and being Mm -hmm. a part of the hospitality industry, trying to provide hospitality, what, what do you feel is a good way for someone to give that constructive feedback or criticism where it's not hurtful, but they do want to mention something that maybe something didn't turn out the way they thought it should, or, or, you know, what's your advice on doing that in, in an honest, respectful way?
0: I would uh, personally respond to any negative comment, any negative comment. I would, I would, I would write the, you know, write the response. Usually you can tell fairly quickly and, and there are two things that I would distinguish in the, in the feedback is, is it a performance issue or is it a preference issue?
1: Oh, I like that. Yeah and that's
0: you know that takes some of the emotion out of it mm-hmm. you know so when someone says you know my uh my chicken was cold and we realized we didn't have chicken on the menu that night.
1: <laughs> Wait, did you bring your own like the... <laughs>
0: <laughs> they, they don't know what they're talking about <laughs> so you know you could just kind of assess some things like that that you know, or if they say you know that the, the pork chop was was rare. Well, well that that could be a performance thing. Maybe we undercooked it. Yeah. Okay. did you know? Did we temp it right? Um, was was there was their meal really late, like they said? Okay. Why? Do we do we can we kind of trace that back to why that that uh, ticket was so so long um and and so you can t- you can tell if it's a performance issue or if it's preference i just didn't like this the chili soup it was too hot too spicy yeah okay i can't really do anything about that because that's our standard that's our chili, chili soup. and it, it's not you know it, that we're, we're not going to change the temperature because one person complained about it yeah we're just say I'm, I'm sorry i can refund you get you something else um uh, but also what I would usually start out every response to negative feedback is thank you for taking the time to, to bring this to my attention. These are the hardest emails to read or these are the hardest comments to read, but they are the most important and I really appreciate it. And that's, I would just kind of start, start it, you know, with that, that acknowledgement. You took some time to write this and I, I really appreciate that a lot. And then, you know, then we can, then we can look at it and say, yeah, we really screwed up on that. We really, really botched that. And so, you know, then the staff can come around and say, you know, okay, what, what do we need to do to change that or make sure that that won't happen again?
1: Yeah. Cause I, I, I think if, if the, the criticism or the input, if you never get that, if somebody had a horrible meal and never told you that yeah. the pork chop was rare yeah, you, you may never know, and you might be serving rare pork chops all week. You know, I, yeah. I mean, probably not, but you know, yeah. just extreme example there. Yeah. So, so I I could see that, and where the staff could rally around and go, you know, what we had three people say that that wasn't so good. What should we change right. to to mm-hmm. help that out, or 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 like you said, I really like that that preference versus you know performance that's yeah. that's, that's a, a great that's a
0: great way to take the emotion out of it yeah
1: definitely I mean, definitely You
0: get feedback cards or you know uh online yelp reviews or you know somebody can go somebody needs to be uh, designated as a person to intercept all of that and then then help us evaluate did we underperform or did were they just complaining and, sure. And
1: they know, might have just had that. a bad day and they just yeah. decided been, to complain. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's true. You know, they are,
0: like I had one guy come in. He was a traveler. He was from or he was from Oregon. And he was staying at the hotel next door and he came in and, and I, you know, introduced myself. He said, Man, you so you you the owner here? I said, Yeah. I said, Man, I got on your Yelp reviews and boy, there's some nasty things. I could I gotta see what this place is all about. <laughs> <laughs> some guy was, you know, some guy left, left a, you know, just a really a bad, you know, preference issue. You complain, it wasn't, you know, yeah, it was just be jerk. Like I this guy this guy, even the the guest could see through it. Like, nobody's that bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm calling you on this one. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Well, I, I I want to be respectful of your time. Do you have time to talk a little bit more or uh got about 10 minutes? Okay, yeah. all right. I'll try to make it as fast as I can. So, real quick, in Lincoln. So we we are an Omaha-based podcast, but we will travel anywhere for good food. So if you could. Give me some good places to try out in Lincoln and what I might order there. And then if you want to throw anything on uh national or internationally that, uh you know, you're like just some good top picks from Chef Kevin Shin, where, yeah. where might we go?
0: Some of my favorite places are on North 27th Street in Lincoln. That's um uh, north of O Street. And I, you know, I've not been uh, to some, I'm not sure they're, they're all open, but um, Vung Tau is uh, one of my favorite for Fa. Oh yeah. It's um, that, especially in this cold weather, man, mm-hmm. that's where you go to get the, get the, the noodles and the broth and. Uh, but that that's also on that corridor. There, a little further north is a little, a little El Salvadorian restaurant that I love called Tialetti. Yeah, and uh, um, they serve papusa and tacos, and uh, it's just it. The, what I love about the place, it feels like you're walking into El Salvador.
1: It oh, doesn't awesome. feel like
0: like the you know it's got the you know kachki and the, the you know the just kind of the sensibility it takes of, you to uh, another
1: world yeah
0: it does it just takes you to another world and you know the the music that's playing and um it, yeah so i i love i love absolutely love going there um and then the the standard that i've been going to for 25 years is uh yaya's pizza
1: oh i've heard of them i haven't been there yet
0: no it's 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 a mainstay for me and my friends and uh, I, I think cause it's been there so long and I know the owner and, uh, I go there every week on Tuesday and, and they have great beer selection international beers, uh, that you can't get very many places. It's just a place that feels good and right. And, yeah. and that hasn't felt that way, um, in the last year because COVID, you know, has taken sure. that away, but I, I want to, I don't want to see that place go under,
1: yeah. um, because uh, it's just that's a special, special place here in town. That's special to you. How, how about any, just uh, real quick, from childhood or, or your past, any dishes or anything that really pulls at your, your nostalgia, uh, heartstrings, good food memories, just maybe something you ate when you were growing up that uh, really has stuck with you over time?
0: Yeah. Well, there was a little, there still is, and, and I might go there tomorrow, but, um, when I'm driving down to Oklahoma there was in my hometown of Bartlesville Oklahoma there was there was a little steakhouse called Murphy's Murphy's Steakhouse and it's been there I think probably since the 40s or 50s and and uh I grew up going my parents would we'd go there and uh it was just a steakhouse is not even the right it's more like a a little cafe and, and yeah but they they served uh flat top grilled steaks oh okay and uh, it was a meat and potatoes kind of place. I don't even think they had chicken. They certainly did not have fish, <laughs> uh, but it was pretty much meat and potatoes and you get, get it in the form of a steak or a hamburger. Nice. Or a hamburger plate with, without the bun. And, and um, they had, a, they had a, a staple called the hot hamburger and it was just an open face, toast, grilled um, burger, brown gravy. Oh, yeah. And, and fries. They're hand-cut fries. And then if you want gravy overall, you can put it over all of it. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'll probably
1: get stuck there. <laughs> you got that twinkle in your <laughs> eye. I can see <laughs> that, it. I can see it. Now that you
0: reminded me, I will pass through <laughs> tomorrow oh,
1: That's good. Well, I uh, thanks for giving me some extended time. I I yeah. honestly could probably talk to you for another – I don't even know how long. Um, well, we can go a little
0: while. Yeah, I, I, I love talking about man. I
1: I'll, I'll tell you. I I enjoyed both of the the previous podcasts. I enjoyed the book. Everyone should should get that book. In my opinion, it's such a good read. But I, I Kevin, I, I truly mean this. I I really appreciate your time. This this podcast was an opportunity for me to to meet you and and connect with you. And I right. I, I just appreciate. Everything and and appreciate your time and and I'm well, looking forward a, to seeing a fun hour fun fun talk with you. It was good. Well, and, I'll, and I'm honored that
0: you knew so much about the book.
1: I I I I you know no pun intended again. I ate it up. It was yeah. uh it, it was wonderful. I loved it. And uh, you are the person that you put in that book is the person that I have met tonight, yeah, and right. and I truly appreciate well, that. So
0: I like to say what you see is what you get. So. I, I hope that's true. I, I,
1: I believe glad it glad is. Glad you
0: that.
1: Thanks. Thank you so much. Well, I, I know you got some cooking happening in the background. Yeah. Um Kevin, thank yeah. you for your time I for being on Fatter uh, Yeah. So awesome. All right. Well,
0: thanks so much.
1: All right. Well, I hope I hope we get to interact again sometime. Take care, be safe, be well. And uh, you know, um, I guess I guess in hope, carry on. Yeah. So all thank right. you. Thanks, all Kevin. Right. Have, Have a, a great night. night. Bye bye. Bye bye. Dave here, back again with Fatterday Omaha and this Food Recognized Food episode with Chef Kevin Shin of the former Bread and Cup and now Portico, as well as the author of Bread and Cup, which you can get at 55degrees.us. You can also get it at Francie and Finch Bookshop at 130 South 13th Street in Lincoln, Nebraska. And speaking of Lincoln, uh, Chef recommended a few restaurants in Lincoln, Fung Tao, which is at 2708 Y Street. Tialetti at 2701 North 27th Street. Yaya's Pizza at 1423 O Street. They have another location as well. We also got one from Oklahoma. Murphy's at 1625 Southwest Frank Phillips Boulevard, Bartlesville, Oklahoma 74003. My thanks to Kevin Shin for talking with me and taking time out of his day to speak with me about his experience in his book. Thank you, of course, to Herd at Media. Take care, all. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Saturday, Omaha. Eat this. A Herdat Media production.